theyeshiva.net. Okay, so I woke up this morning, Baruch Hashem. We don't take anything for granted. And I looked out the window, and I saw what the world looks like this morning. From my window. And I just felt that the right thing to learn today was a mimer of the Balatanya on snow. On the Pasuk, on Noisin Shalekat Salmer. So I went to my copy machine, and I made copies. And uh, this is the mimer in front of you. There's a sefer that's called Sidur Tfilis Mikol Hashana. Sidur Imdach, Sidur Ibdivri Alekim Chayim. That was written by the Mittler Rebbe, by the son of the Balatanya, my Marim explanations that he heard from his father, the Balatanya, on davening. So one year after his father's passing, the Balatanya passed away, Tovkov Ayin Gimel, 1812, the beginning of 1812, Chavdala Tevas, I'm, I'm sorry, the end of 1812, December 1812, and a year later, Tovkov Ayin Dalet, which was 1813 or 1814, his son and successor, the Mittler Rebbe, published the Siddur, which has, as you could see here, it ha- it'll have two lines of text, as you could see at this page, or sometimes more, sometimes less. And around it are the explanations, some of the explanations that he heard over the years from his father on the davening, different Maimarim, on the Psukim, or the, or the statements, the Brachas, of Tfil, it starts all the way with Moida'ani, and he goes through, he goes through davening. So this is the Maimer of the Balatanya on the Psukim, in Psukim de Zimra, that deal with snow. Of course, we say it every morning, to the end of Tehillim, Kuf Mem Zayin, Kapitel 147, Halalukah, Kitoiv Zamra Lekeinu Kinoim Sehila. And like much of Psukim de Zimra, every word is a pearl, every Pasuk is a priceless pearl. You say it every day, you often uh, don't take note of it. Yeah. But a weather like this, you have to take note of it. Any weather, but especially a weather like this. So what do the, what do the psukim say? David HaMelech speaks about the Rebbeinah Shalolim, and he says, Hanoisin Shelech HaTzomer, Kfoyr Ka'efer Yefazer, Mashlech Korche Chifitim, which is basically the forecast of the next few days. Basically, in two in two words, in two verses. You don't have to Google, you don't have to go to your weather apps. You have it in Psukha de Zimra. Hanoisin, he gives shalik snow, katsomer, like fleece, like white wool. The world, the planet, the earth becomes bedecked with white. Cut summer like, like fleece, like white wool. Kfoyr, kfoyr is frost. A frost, a frost. He scatters like ashes. You know, when you hurl ashes, it goes all over the place. He scatters kfoyr, frost like ashes. Mashlich karchoy, chepitim. Pitim are crumbs, like pita. You take pas, and you crumb, you uh, you break it up into little pieces. It's called from pas, you have pitim. 
because it's many passes, it's many pieces of bread. So pitim, Eloshin Kodesh, means crop, crop, crumbs. Mashlech Karchai, he hurls, he throws, evarft, Karchai, his ice, Karach is ice, kepitim like crumbs, just like a person take, kid takes crumbs and throws it all over the place. And the kitchen becomes bedecked with crumbs, or the couch becomes covered with crumbs. He takes his ice and he hurls it like crumbs. The Fnekarasim Yamaid. Before his cold, who can stand? Who can contain? Who can deal with such a frost, with such cold? Then Yishlach Dvarai. He sends his word. He issues forth his command. V'yamsev. And he melts them. Yashiv Ruchai. He blows the wind. Yizlo Mayim. And the waters start flowing. Because all of the ice now melts into water. And the Mizmer continues and concludes, and the connection is difficult to understand. That he relates his words to Yaakov, to Jacob, his statues, his laws, his judgments to the Israel, to the Jewish people. He did not do this for any other nation. Such judgments they don't know, Mishpatim. But they're not aware of it. Hallelujah, like we end the Mizmorim. Hallelujah, Yudke, praise Hashem. That's the Mizmor. Now I just have to say that this first piece is uh, extremely, extremely Kabbalistic. Meaning he's making references to the sources, the way they are in Kabbalah, in Zoyar and in Kisri Arizal. Then he's going to explain. So I'm going to read it through because I don't like to skip. But it's going to be very, very difficult to comprehend because just the language is a completely different language. I'm just going to read it. Later we'll understand it. But now I'm just going to read it just so you should get the full picture. And then he starts explaining. So, but quite a few lines of Mamish, uh, what we would call Kabbalah code language. The Pasuk says in Daniel, Levushe. Kislag Chiver. He had a vision, he describes the Rebbeinu Shalolam. His garment was Kislag Chiver. Slag in Aramaic is Shelag. Shid and the Sof are exchangeable. So what's in Hebrew, Shelag, in Aramaic it's Slag. So it's Kishelag, Kislag Chiver, like white snow. Chiver again is white. Sa'aresha, the hair of his head, Ka'amar Noka, is like clean wool, like white wool, like Tzemer. Amar, again, Ayin and Tzadik, Tzemer, Amar. Naka means from the word naki, white, clean, pure, white wool, fleece. So Hashem's garment is like white snow. The hair of his head, metaphorically, is like fleece. The beginning of the Pasuk is Atik Yoimin Yasiv, Levushek Islak Chivas Areshekamanaka. Atik Yoimin sits. Now Atik Yoimin means the ancient one of days. Atik is old, very old. So Atik Yoibin means the ancient one of days, the old one, the one who's been around, you know, forever. Yosef, he sits. This is in the vision of Daniel, and his garment is like white snow, his, his hair is like, is like fleece. The term Atik Yoibin, which in the writings of um, the Mekobolim, and uh, the Balei Machshove, and the Balei Chsidus, uh, Sifri Chsidus, etc., is a very, very common term, Atik Yoibin. Yeah. The source of it is a Pasuk in the Neil. Atik Yoimin Yasuf. Upirish Atik Yoimin. 
One of the explanations of the word hamatik harim, which means he moves mountains. We have an, you say matik, a matik means somebody who copies and pastes, so to speak, right? He's a matik. He moves it. Matik mimokan lamokan. You move. It's movement. So he says, Shuhunetak mipchinis yoimen iloyin shemeslap shepatsim. Atik yoimen means he's not his ancient one in days, but here he says he's removed from the days. The days represent yoimen iloyin, which means the higher days. We have our six days, but then there's the six days or seven days. Then there's the higher days, meaning the days, the way they are, everything originates in a higher spiritual realm. The way the yoimen are in the world of Atsilas, and he is atik yoimen, he is removed aloof from those days. Now I'm going to ask you, if you don't understand the next piece, do not get, uh, you know, do not shut down. Because just, it's just very difficult stuff. I'm just going to translate the words the way they are. There's something called which means the seven lower elements of Atik Yoimin are enclosed in a madrega that is below Atik Yoimen called Arich Anpin, which means a long face. Kabbalah, there's Atik Yoimen, and then there's Arich Anpin. Pchin is Chesed Atik Yoimen. The Chesed of Atik Yoimen, which is the first one of the Zion Tachtoines, because Zion Tachtoines represent the Midas, the first one, Mislabish Begulgolte, the Arich Anpin, is manifested in what's called the skull of Arich Anpin. You have the brain, and the brain is encompassed by the skull. The skull of Arichampin, in that skull, the chesed of Atik Yoimen is manifested. And that's what we call the white. The second Atik Yoimen, which is Gvura, is manifested in the inner hidden brain of Arichampin. Below the skull, the skull contains what's called Moyach. The Moyach itself has many, many layers. Something called Moyachas the inner brain, or the secret brain, or the concealed brain, which, by the way, all this, which is Kabbalistic language, is manifested biologically in the human skull, in the human brain, because everything is manifested. It's ishtalshalos, it evolves. So just, over here, it's in mystical spiritual oasis. This is all Zayin Tachtoinus. Chesed goes into the skull. Gvura goes into the Mayach, Sasum, to the secret brain. But the first three of Atik is completely beyond being manifested. Because in the first three of Atikyoimen, dwells what's called the level of Malchus of Adam Kadwin, which is Malchus of Infinity, and that's not manifested in Arich Ampin at all. Unlike the Zion Tachtonus of Atikyoimen. Are higher than Zion Tachtonus, right, yeah. In Idra Rabba, which is a section of the Zohar, a very, very intense section of the Zohar explains, when he speaks about Hashem's garment being white snow, this Levush is also called Yudgimel Tikune. Yudgimel Tikune literally means the 13 strands of the beard. Dikna is a beard. Tikunim are different aspects, Yud Gimel, Tikkun, the 13 strands of the beard, which are connected to Yud Gimel, Midois Harachamim, which according to the Zohar, the beard has within it, all aspects of the beard have within it 13 aspects, 13 angles, or 13 dimensions they could be split up into. 
all the parts where the beard grows on the on the person's face, and they correspond to what's called Yud Gimel Tekunim or Yud Gimel Midos. So that's what he says. That's the Levush Eikislag Chiver. He says this Levush is the Yud Gimel which is very strange. Since he says that this Levush is Yud Gimel Tekunedikna, and the source of the Yud Gimel Tekunedikna is the secret brain of Arachampim, the Rizal says many places in Eitzchayim, Shabchinis Chesed Da'atik Yoyman, Mislabish Begulgal to the Arachampim, Shabchinis Chesed. <laughs> I warned you, I warned you. Huh? This is just a hagdam. It'll become clear. It's just, this is classic Kabbalistic language. This is classic Kabbalistic language, which is very, very abstract. Because it's all code. It's, it's, it's code language. But what the point, the, the question he's raising as an introduction to the Maimir is that we know Chazal tells us, the Mishnah tells us in the Goyim that there were different types of uh, leprosies, right? This is called Baharis. Baharis is Azakashelik. How did you identify it? It's strong white like snow. Then you have something called Se'es. Se'es, you have Baharis, and Se'es is Kitsemer Lovon. Like uh, like fleece, like white wool, and the shelleg is considered more white. And then after that, you have tzemer, and then after that, you have sid hahechel, the plaster that they used, the hechel plaster, which is a lighter, not such an intense, not such a sharp form of white. So shelleg is considered the strongest of white, even more than tzemer. The more something is white, the more it represents chesed. Daniel says his garment is kislag chiver. His garment is like white snow. His seyar, his sa'ar, is kamar naka, is like white fleece. What the Balatanya is asking is, the sa'ar resha, as we see in the Sifriya Kabbalah, represents more chesed, represents something much deeper even than the lavush. Nonetheless, the lavush is compared to snow in Daniel, and the here is compared to, to wool. Because based on the Zohar, we see that the Levush, which is called Yud Gimel Dikna, comes from a, a lower Pchina, so to speak, a lower Pchina than Sa'aresha. As he puts it, it comes it's connected to Moichus of Arach Ampen. And Atik Yoymen, as he said before, the Chesed of Atik Yoymen goes into the skull of Arach Ampen, which is called Keser of Keser, beyond the Mayach of Arachampin, which is Chachmash of a Keser. Generally, the skull is connected to Keser. 
the brain is connected to Chachma. In the skull itself, you have Keser Shabakeser, that's the skull, and then the Mayach of the skull, which is Chachma Shabakeser. That's already a lower Pchina. So Sa'aresha, the Galgalta, the here, which is on top of the skull, is higher than the Cyrus, the Dikna, the beard, which is a lower level. And yet we say that the Levush is like white snow. And Sa'aresh is Ersht Kamar Naka. When it's Lechoda, the other way around. The Saris, the Dikna, are lower than Sa'aresh, which is connected to the skull, which is much higher than Dikna. That's the, that's the question. Let's, uh, let's, let's see, start the beer here. Three lines on the bottom. The whole Indian could be understood. We first have to explain what is the concept of snow. The Pasuk says, this is Yecheskel. Yecheskel has a famous vision known as Maisim Merkava. We read it on Shavuos. Right? The Maisim Merkava was the vision of Yecheskel Hanavi, the vision of the chariot. He has there, he says, he nixiv in Yecheskel Perik Aleph, I think Pasuk Chavbez, he says, I saw on the heads of the Chayas, Chayas literally means the living ones, the animals, which are referring here to the Malachim, the angels, which he calls Chayas HaKodesh, like we say in Davening, Chayas, Chayas HaKodesh, the holy Chayas, the holy living animals, so to speak. We'll soon see why they're called Chayas, and why we call Chayas animals, they're talking here about the angels, holy angels. But he says, I saw on top of their heads, Rakia, a heaven, a firmament. It looked like awesome ice. It looked like fearful noiras, like awesome ice on top of the on top of the heads of the Malach. So he's referring to this Kerach, what looked like ice on top of their heads. For this, let's analyze the difference between snow and ice. One of those things when you're four years old, you ask your father, what's the difference between snow and ice? Both obviously are formed from water. It's both water, but there's a huge difference between what we would call shalak and what we call kerach. What's the difference between the two? The hine etzim hashalag. The next page. Etzim hashalag. Snow kudak ma'id ma'id. It's thin, it's subtle, it's thin. It's core and its its chemistry is water. It's the ice crystals that are formed of water. It's not water in its pure liquid form. That's not what shellac is. Rather, ice crystals have been formed from the water it's been a little congealed, it became a little niglad, it formed into smaller, what we call today, crystals of ice, smaller particles, so to speak, of ice. This is based on the cold temperature. You need a certain amount of freezing point, a cold temperature, in order, up there in the atmosphere, in order to be able to turn the water into ice crystals, and then heavy enough to be able to have enough pressure and to come down and to descend as what we call snowflakes. But the gilud, gilud is the, 
the ice component of it, it being congealed, water molecules coming together, sticking together and forming into an ice, is kolosh. It's thin and kolosh, it's, it's weak. Volcano dakmaoid. Which is why snowflakes are extremely, extremely thin. It's not a unbreachable, tough piece of ice. Because the reason it was congealed was because you reached a certain temperature where it turns into ice crystals, but it's ma'atkar. Relatively, it's not so cold. And that's why with a little bit of a change of air, change of temperature, when there's a little warmth, it's very easy for it to melt and revert back into the liquid form of water. For example, when the snowflake lands on the, on the ground, on the earth, or you take the snowflake, you put it into a vessel, and there's a little warm temperature, it will melt easily back into water. When it comes to ice, ice also comes from water. It's also formed from water. But it's... The gilud... The congealing, the water becoming ice is dense and thick, very dense. You can have ice that is so thick, its thickness is many amois. If an amois is around a foot and a half or two feet. So you're dealing here, you never have a snowflake like that. You have a tiny little snowflake. Sometimes many snowflakes gather together on the ground. So you have a a nice, beautiful snow, and you could have the snowball fights and build snowmen and shovel and have fun. But uh, with Kerach, you'll have Kerach that pushes, it's a piece of ice that, that's, that's very, very thick. And sometimes even Kerach that's dark, like a finger, it's as thick of a, as a finger. The sheet of ice is not so thick. It can contain a very heavy burden. For example, you could pass over it with a wagon. It becomes as, as thick, as hard as, as iron. And as you knew very well, in the weathers in Russia, that the rivers, rivers freeze, and right people would, would walk on it. And people would literally take wagons. This is not uh, some hypothetical example. They would be able to cross the various rivers and with heavy, heavy burdens, heavy, not only walking, but taking heavy wagons and animals over it and packages over it and so forth. And it became like the road. And the reason it became like the road is because the Mayim turned into Kerach. Even if it's Dakatzpa. This is all because of the intensity of the congealing into ice. The difference is that here the water became extremely affected by very cold weather. Because of a tremendously cold temperature, so the liquid form is concealed and it becomes congealed, it becomes meaning the molecules turn into a solid piece of of like a block, a solid piece of block of ice. It becomes a geshem here doesn't mean rain, it means material, physical. It becomes a geshem that's thick and heavy. Because the molecules became so fakvet, so tight with each other, 
Now you have a mamish, a solid piece of what would seem like impenetrable ice. Mavur b'zoya, the zoya says, the ruach tzofin aglid maya. You want to see this? Go to the north. You go to the the North Pole, and you'll see over there. You'll see over there what ice is. It's not just Dak Ketzpa, not just Kama Amos, but you have mountains, mountains of of what they call icebergs. So the Zoya says, Ruach Tzafa, in the wind of the north, Aglid Maya, it congeals, turns the water into ice, Liyoser, Ruach Karve Yoser, because of the temperature. It's extremely cold. Ruach Daraim, on the north and uh, the south, this is on the north, Ruach Darim on the south, Ishtari Maya, melts the water, Ki Ruach Ham, because it's a Ruach Ham, it's a warmer, a warmer wind. Hanim Shul Mikolze Yuvan Lamaskil Lamayla Bebchines Shelig Ha'elyon. This is all, like everything in the world, it's a marshal. So this is the way it's manifested in the physical world. But there's something called Shelig Ha'elyon. What's Shelig Ha'elyon? When it snows down here, it's not because there was a weather change down here on earth, in this area, in the tri-state area, and the Mela, the meteorologist, will tell you this is what's going to happen, it's going to snow, it's going to snow 7 inches, 8 inches, what is it, 8 inches today, 9 inches, and so forth. That's the lowest layer of action. It starts snowing in what's called Shelig Ha'elian. There's a higher snow that comes down. The physical snow is a manifestation of a spiritual snow. Because that's what it really is. It's a muscle that contains within it a nimshal. It's the physical manifestation of a certain energy. Just like you'll have a person who'll look outside and tell you it's snowing outside. They're saying the truth, it is snowing outside. Then there'll be the weatherman who will explain to you how long it's going to snow and when it's going to stop and how many inches it's going to be, whether they're right or wrong, but sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but even they're right. So they're explaining to you already not only what's happening, but where it's happening and how it's happening and when it's happening and when it's going to stop, etc. Then you'll have the meteorologist who will explain to you, if you have the patience and the mental space, what is going on to understand why it's snowing today? Why didn't it snow yesterday? Why is it not snowing tomorrow? Why is it not going to snow tomorrow? So he's already going into a deeper layer to explain to you the science behind snow. And then you can have somebody who can explain to you even deeper what's the reason for that itself. Why is the weather, the temperature reaching this state and resulting in that? And then you can go deeper. Now who's saying the truth? Everybody's saying the truth. They're just grasping a different layer of the reality. Then there is the mystic discussing the weather. <laughs> the mystic, the spiritual mystic, right? And what is he saying? He's also talking about the same facts. But he'll already introduce what's called Shalagalia. Shalagalia means the higher snow. Shalagalia means the snow the way it is above. What do we mean the snow the way it is above? Not just above in the clouds. That's the first level of above. But above in the spiritual clouds. So generally wisdom chachma is called water. Omar is Rashi Tevis. The Zoyer explains. 
and he's not elaborating here on the details, but it'll be relevant later. There's something called Ur, which is light, which represents Keser, Mayim, which is water, which represents Chachma, and Rakia, which represents Bina. Ur, Mayim, Rakia. And everything in the world develops in these three stages. Light, Mayim, and Rakia. Even physically, light is physical, but it's the most intangible physical reality. And that's why the realities of light still stagger the imagination. The speed of light, 186,000 miles per second. And the nature of light is extremely paradoxical and incomprehensible. Ad we're not sure if lights are particles or waves. They act like particles, they act like waves. Today they say they're both particles and waves. They're very, very, it's, it's so intangible that it's very hard to measure. And different measurements give different results because the observer affects the nature of the light. Then there's Mayim which is already much more tangible and concrete, but it's still in fluid form. And then there's rakia, like we learned, which represents the congealing, the mayim becomes congealed into a mold, into a form. So mayim, the Zoya says, is represents by chachma. There's something deeper than chachma called ur. Then there's chachma where the wisdom is more in a fluid state. And then there's bina where it becomes more concretized and developed. Like the sperm is called Chachma, and then the woman is Bina, and she takes it and turns it into a, 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 a fixed, a fixed uh, form of a fetus, which is fully developed, and once it's in that state, this is how it is. So therefore, Mayim generally represents Chachma. The Gemara says, We speak about wisdom being a source of, 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 of water, of, of irrigation, of inspiration, of enlightenment. That's all the concept of Chachma being the union of Mayim. When Chachma goes through a Tzimtzum, which means a restriction, Tzimtzum from the word Litzamtzem, right? Means to restrict. And the light becomes restricted and concealed, then the water is morphed into snow. That's the Dimyan of Shalak. That the water becomes Niglat. It becomes more congealed. Venis alem, as we said before, the natural liquid form becomes concealed as it develops into these snowflakes. The inyan hat simtsum. What simtsum are we talking about here? Yuvan al derech dimyan hat talmid hayoshev lefnei rabbi. Lilmer dolahavin eze shefa seichel mi rabbi. When you have a talmid, a student, and he's sitting in front of his rebbe, he wants to learn. And he wants to understand a shefa seichel. Shefa seichel means a flow of ideas, a shefa, a new flow of seichel, of intellect, of truth, of awareness from his Rebbe. If in the middle of that process, somebody comes to the student and asks him a question in something of chachma, an intelligent issue. Even though he has an answer, it's not that he's ignorant. He has a lot to say about this. He will not be able to answer. Why? When he's sitting in front of his teacher and he wants to receive what's necessary at that time if he's a real Talmud is a bitl batzmuse. Bitl batzmuse means that his eye is completely focused on receiving. His very essence, his very presence is not in an assertive mode, but it's in a, it becomes like a receptacle in order to receive. At that moment, he can't be a giver to others. He can't be a teacher. 
it's interesting, uh, Oz, at, at that time. And he brings here a concept from Yeridea, from Ilchus Taruvas. When you're busy absorbing, you can't emit. So over there it's talking about a piece of meat absorbing, absorbing from another piece of meat, lipolit, and emitting blood. The concept in physicality, though, is a concept on all levels of reality. When you're really consumed by absorbing, you're not in a state of polit, of emitting, of spitting out. Lemivla is a mekabel. Polit is a mashpia. So when the Talmud may be in a different zone, now he could be a Rebbe, he could be a teacher. But when he's sitting in front of his Rebbe, any real teacher and any real Talmud, we're not talking about the Talmud is sitting, you know, he's not interested, the Rebbe's not interested, the Talmud's not interested, he's texting and he's thinking about something else. We're talking here a Talmud and a Rebbe in the most ideal and genuine form. So the Talmud has to know that any disturbance, even a positive one, even him giving over what the Rebbe is teaching, Somebody says, what is he saying? At that moment, what's necessary is, he is completely, completely focused and tuned in to receive. There's no I present here to communicate, to give, to to develop, to form in any possible fashion. What's necessary is complete openness, what he calls bitlbats musay. My very core is not present in an assertive way, it's just open, it wants to receive. Called Bittel Ba'atzmusai. In his Atzmayus, in his core, he's completely open. He's like an open, empty vessel, a space, allowing something new to come in. I did a Torah Lemivlepal. Leois. Kia Kabola Hazois Ba'atzmus Ba'adafkai de Pchines Bittel Atzmusakanait. If he wants to receive something in his core, his core has to be in a state of openness. If you want to receive it superficially, yeah, fine. You're busy, but if. If you're really going to get it, you got to be there. And you have to be there fully. There's no I that could be anywhere else. Even analyzing, the moment you become a mashpia, you're not a mechavel anymore. A mashpia means I'm giving it over. What does it mean I'm giving it over? Even in my mind I may be giving it I'm giving it over to myself. I'm teaching it to myself. I'm explaining it. I'm developing it. I'm getting excited about it. That's all states that are important, but they're completely different states that come afterwards. To absorb it in his atzmos, there has to be complete bitl batzmos. The difference is, hashpa represents his pashtus. Kabbalah represents tzimtzum. It's two completely opposite trends in the human soul. Kabbalah means, I basically shrink. And there's almost nothing here. Yeah, I contract. I contract. Yeah, so I could I, I create an empty space, an empty vessel. I contract. I'm not in a place of of expansiveness, of of expression, of of actualization. But the, as we say in Yiddish, but the ganze is pashtos. On the contrary, I'm like a little nakuda, a little nakuda, like the yud. Why? Because that's where I want to be. I want to be in a place where my eye is actually not expansive. I want to receive. I want to create an opening within me to something beyond me, something larger, something deeper, so I could be macabre. Then there's the opposite, which is hispashtus. Hispashtus lamata is the exact opposite of tzimtzum. V'hainu aidi detarid lemivla u lekabel v'chines bittel al kein le polit la shvi el shayel 
Since the Talmud, the student, is completely in a mode of absorbing, and what does absorbing mean? Bittel, that the I, the ego, the, even the intellectual ego, the spiritual ego is not present. So therefore, like Pollitt, he can't admit to become a mashpia, which is a state of espashtus. Now I'm expanding, I'm giving, I'm communicating. Hashpa can only come if there is if there is self-assertion. It's been doing it speaks when we had the Maimar Yom. The teacher was teaching and being expansive, but the tool he was using was actually tzimtzum. Yes. Yeah. That was a different type of tzimtzum. There's the tzimtzum of the teacher... The information has to be mitzamtzum. Here the tzimtzum is in the gavra. <laughs> the teacher is mitzamtzum the chefza, and he's mitzamtzum the gavra. But the teacher himself has to be in a state of his pashtos. There's a flow, I'm giving. So in, if you dissect it, there's really two components here. Ha'alef, number one, ha'tzimtzum v'abitl v'atzmusay. V'habeiz, hadir is pashtusay it doesn't begin that he's not mispasha to others. It first begins internally that in his atmos, in his core, he's in a state of tzimtzum. And in a state of bitl. In a state of some form of, of, of nullification, of, of complete, complete contraction. And the second thing is, therefore he's not expanding and flowing downward. V'omna muvan. His, his lack of giving, of answering, is not because of what he calls here a tzimtzum amiti, that he doesn't want to give. That I'm not interested in the relationship. That's not what's happening. The pshat is, at this moment... There's nobody to give. At this moment, he's, he's a Talmud. He's receiving. The example for this is, when you speak about Mayim, which is Chachma, and the Shefa becomes restricted, like the Mayim becomes literally contracted, that's what happens. When the water is in a fluid form, it flows. The Gemara says, right? Water in a fluid form is going to flow everywhere. And it's going to reach the lowest place. If the water sees, so to speak, that there's a place that could still descend, it will descend there. Until it can't go anymore. That's the Mayan. When the water, so to speak, becomes contracted, somewhat congealed, it forms into ice crystals, and then comes down here, and we call it ice flakes. This is the symptom of the Mayan. The water molecules come together. They stick together. And when they stick together, now what you have is an ice crystal. You have a concept of ice here, the beginning of it. So he says, In the Mayan, there is now a helm. The kivutz, there is a sense of kivutzes when it becomes uh, um, uh, yeah, kivutzes uh, concentrated, concentrated more. Huh? 
contracted, yeah, contracted Shabbat And that's why it will not just extend below Lamata, like in the Nimshal, to the student, to the person asking the question, because the water itself, the Chachm itself, is in a state of Bittl, in a state of where it becomes a receptacle. Legabe atzmos to the essence, to the atzmos, to the etzim of the matzah, the one who emanates the chachma. From where its source was chiseled out, was honed out. as the pasuk says in Mishle, Literally, Shleim Melech says, "We are going to find chachma, chachma me'ayin." From where you going to? We. It's not like something you find in the. You're walking in the street and you find a pen, you find a diamond, you find a white, you find a mitzia. It's that chachma. You're not going to find chachma in the street. It's precious. He's teaching here deeper, not only as a question, but like he says often, "Vachachma me'ayin timotze." Chachma comes from a source. That's huh? Right. Yeah. The nature of Mayim is that it wants to descend and it will go down to the lowest place. Mayim is not something that inherently says, I don't want to give. On the contrary, it's not a solid, it's a liquid. A liquid will flow down to the lowest place. Like the Gemara Takas says, why Torah is nimshal l'mayim, that it's Torah is b'makim namuch, it's, it's uh, those who are humble and want to give, etc., but there's an element of koy. What does the koy represent? So when somebody is cold, you know, they, they, they also congeal and contract. They want to contain that body heat. They're not in a state of, of rachvus and espashtus. You're trembling cold. So he says, as it becomes cold, yigladud becomes congealed, which represents the bittel of the mayim to its source from where it comes. The bittel of the chachma to the ayin, which causes a form of kivutz, of contraction rather than expansion. What do we mean by this congealing? That the water is not expanding outward. On the contrary, it's coming together. It's becoming more more sticky. It's staying together. It's not being expanded. Built to Yardum Snowflakes will not start descending everywhere. They will remain in one spot. They will not just flow, flow, flow. Now in physicality, what's the reason? Why is the water not flowing? The answer is because it's not anymore in a liquid form. There was a kivutz. It was contracted. Because, as we said, the cold temperature did this. So that's what it is physicality, physically. What is it spiritually? That there's something that causes the mehachachma to contract to be in a state of tzimtzum and bitl, and it's not in a place of... So what's the, the position of flying? What is the core? Let's see. Okay. What, is the, what, what is the reason? What is the core? Good. From this we can understand. It's a fascinating idea. From this we can understand something else. Noivlois is an expression in Medrash. Noivlois Chachma means, like, um, no, not, not gathering. Uh, Noivlois is that which is uh, uh, the residues, that which is left over. Huh? Graves the fool that we saw. Right, yeah, yeah. Like Noivlois, the residue, after you harvest uh, the, the, 
or reap grapes. And this noivelus is what's left over, like the residue that's left over. And noivel, it, it, it falls off, it comes down afterwards. Va'alehu loy yibol, right? It says in, in Tehillim, Va'alehu loy yibol, or, or Yisra says, Novel tibol. So what does he mean over there? When you leave fruits on this tree after they become ripe, so they novel, they, uh, they wither away. So it represents that which remains afterwards, and it falls off. So he says, "Min noivlus chachma shalamayla shabelakus," from the vine chachma, from the vine wisdom, from what's so to speak, what what comes down, what falls down afterwards. Nimshach kama mine shefa chachma ba'elamus. You have numerous. He says kama doesn't mean a few. Kama means you have so many different types of chachma in the world. At shabelam shalonu yesh mitzias chachma gashmas. In our world, we have a tremendous chachma that relates to understanding the physical world. And his first example, fascinatingly, is biology and anatomy. One of the greatest chachmas is, nituach we mean, today we call a surgery, but the word nituach means, means the anatomy, the split, the, the structure, the structure. Like v'nitach oisel in a sacha by carbonel says, you cut it into pieces. So what it means is understanding the nituach, the mahalach, dissecting the details of every adam, the entire organism of a person. Ba'ifin mahalacham sheichachma gedola. It's a moira dekachachma to understand this, beginning with the brain, all the way down the entire guf, the whole mahalach. First of all, the chemistry of every aver. And the interaction of all of them, the entire gufa adam, the ever adam, basically the chachma of anatomy, the chachmas hanituach, to be able to form, to takadu hanituach, a surgery, is a chachma gedol. And as we know, even the greatest chachamim in this, right, the greatest doctors, what makes them so great is that they'll tell you right away, we know so little, like Dr. Mishal. First thing he'll tell you, we know so little, right? And the greater ones, ah. Huh? <laughs> He says, by him it's MS. Okay, you're a good doctor. <laughs> you're a good doctor. The moment a doctor tells you, we know, we know, we know everything today. <laughs> the Marsha says, that's katoiv shabiroi from the Gehenim. You've got to be careful. It also comes with other pshatoiv, is begematria yud zayin. He takes out the 18th bracha of Rafa'enu Hashem v'nei Rafa'enu. Because he doesn't need Rafael or Hashem. It's the same idea. The arrogance is the prerequisite of mistakes. So the Chachm is so deep because it's real it's really it's it's God, it's God's organism. <laughs> Biology is basically it's 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 Chachma that comes from a Lakus. He says, Chachma Gdaila. Vihi Yarda Milmaila. This came down from above me Ayin Liesh. Mipchinis Chachma. When you look at this Chachma down here, you could go like, wow, just, he's talking one, one example, he's not even talking about Chachma Satchuna, for example, astronomy, cosmology, he's talking one element. He's not even talking about animal. He's talking about the anatomy of people. It's a gewaldike chachma. But this chachma is called noivlois. <laughs> it's the residue. 
It's what came down after, at the end, as he puts it. This Chachma came down, it's called Me'ayin Liyash. The source of it is called Ayin. This Chachma comes from a place called Malchus of Asiya. There's four worlds, Atzilus, Bri, Yitzir, Asiya. Each world is made up of ten characteristics, ten founding blocks, ten uh, building blocks. The last one is Malchus. The last world is Asiya. So this is the Chachma that comes, and each one of the ten includes the other ten. So you'll have Chachma, Shabbat Chachma, Chachma, Shabbat Bina, like we have in Sphere Simon, right? Chesed, Shabbat Chesed, Chesed, Gura, Chesed, Shabbat Malchus. So he says, from Chachma and Malchus of Asiya came this Chachma. In that Chachma you have the Chachma of Malchus of Yitzira and the Chachma of Malchus of Bri and the Chachma of Malchus of Atzillus. In the Chachma of Malchus of Atzillus you have the Ur Abba, the Chachma of Atzillus, which comes from Chachma Stima Arichampin, which is Keser. So this Chachma Sanituach in the rung of spiritual evolution is on the bottom, in the physical world, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant analysis. For this Chachma to be developed the way it applies in physical terms, there had to be a tremendous Tzimtzum a tremendous restriction and contraction of the original Chachma. The Chachma becomes so concealed and restricted and contracted. That from the Chachma of Moichus ultimately, after endless evolutions and incarnations, there could be a Chachma that relates to the physical structure of the, of the Guf. So when, we, when you're looking at the brilliance of biology or anatomy, you're looking at an evo- something on the lowest rung of Chachma, the way the Chachma translates into material beings and relates to them. Pitim, like the Brekalach. The Brekalach, yeah. We're not going to use yet the word Brekalach, because that's, that's, that's for Karchai. But... but <laughs> But that concept, that doesn't mean it's not a moira dekechachma, it's a moira dekechachma. But the whole chachma is the last rung of ishtalshalos. Because that chachma itself, you have the way it's in a higher plane, and a higher plane, and a higher plane, and yet deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, until it can't relate to the physical. But the way the chachma comes down in this world is, there becomes a whole study, and a person could spend a lifetime, and two lifetimes, and as we know today, many, many, many lifetimes, just studying the few inches of the brain, which has a hundred billion neurons in it. Figure that out. And the hundred billion neurons are interacting with each other. (laughs) Imagine we would be able to see right now a map of the United States of America, and see every telephone line crisscrossing every home in the United States of America, from east to west, from north to south, the whole America. Imagine you would be able to see every telephone line in every single home and actually see the wires connected, right? And this pales in comparison to what's happening in your brain. What's happening in your brain. And I'm not being dramatic and exaggerating here. What's the Metzia is that way? So just, just, just that itself, and just the, that's just the brain. Now you've got to figure out the interaction of the brain with every other part of the body. So it's, it's, a, it's half of a fella. But he says this is all yesh mayayin. Vos says yesh mayayin. 
that there's an, a chachmur that it comes from that we call ayin. Ayin means it's so intangible, it's so beyond it, it's called ayin, it's called nothing. Not because it's nothing, it's the source. So this is the, the noivlis chachma. How did this get explained here? This is all the mayim going through this tzimtzum. That's what he says. V'ukidimyin ha-sheleg sheyimas v'hoyo l'mayim acher hale... V'ukidimyin ha-sheleg sheyimas v'hoyo l'mayim acher hale me betchila sheobah b'shinei ha-mohos. This is like the shelig melting back into water. So you have water, the water forms into snow, and then the snow melts back into water after it went through Shinya Mohus, which is a metamorphosis. So now the Chachm is a new type of Chachm, it's a Chachm Gashmas. So you have the water in its original source, Chachm Elikis. Then the Chachm contracts, the Chachm congeals because of coldness. We'll soon see what the coldness is. The coldness creates a new element where there's a tremendous tzimtzum and a tremendous bitl. Like the Talmud, who goes through that state of contractions in order to absorb something new. How does, how does that analogy of the Talmud and the, and the Rebbe help us? I, I just find it makes it more confusing. Because that talks about Simpson in terms of Mashpia, not wanting to be there as a Mashpia. Right. Like the Talmud. But here, it's not like the Rebbe doesn't want this Chalpah to evolve. It's not like the Rebbe doesn't want to be the Mashpia with the, with the R. He wants it to evolve. So the, the, the Talmud Rebbe analogy I find confusing to the to the Because there the symptom is a symptom, so the person shouldn't be a symptom. So the, the, the Talmud can't be a mashpia because he's being a nishpais mitzamsa himself. But God's symptom here is not related to the fact that God doesn't want to be the, the, a, a mashpia on the R. It's it's because of that's what symptom is. You know, always with the wrong shalom. It's, it's the, it doesn't work with the nimshal. Just. For the moment, just think about one Nikoda. Just like the Talmud, yeah. we're saying, he so to speak has to shrink up to the point like he's not here. Like, hello? He's, where are you? I don't understand. You're such a vivacious person. Where, where did you disappear? He now shrinks into this little Nikoda. Like, he's almost not present. Like, like we spoke about the moon on Rish Chodesh, yeah? We learned the moon on Rish Chodesh. You were there? When we learned about the Moilad of the Levon and Parshish Yisroi. Yeah, the, where's the moon? <laughs> the moon is now. Uh, the moon is now getting born. Really, you're getting born. You disappear. We can't see you. Why? Because completely stay. Not because he's further away, because he's closer. So he, so to speak, disappears. Yeah. And that's how he can absorb the chachma. Let's just apply that one akuda without getting into the details to the fact that the journey from the higher chachma to the lower chachma must go through that shelag. Where that chachma, so to speak, if we'll call the chachma the student, it shrinks, it's congealed. It loses a lot of its hispashtus and expansiveness. It goes through a tremendous, tremendous restriction. Even though it's that water, it's not something else. The snow is not like, it comes from a different water. It's that water. But it's the way the water is congealed into something that's completely a different reality. Huh? Zip file, very good. Zip file. Now the snow melts back into water, but it's already the water that went through the process of snow. So this is the Chachma in the next world, which comes from that water, it's that water, but it went through snow. And therefore it has completely different properties than the original Chachma. And this continues layer, level after level after level, endless levels, until you'll have the Chachma Lamata, which is a Chachma Gashmis, relating to the physical world. The example here was biology and anatomy. 
But of course, the same example would be studying the world of botany, the world of plants and bushes, or studying the world of mammals, or the world of birds, or the world of fish, or the oceans, or the, or the climates, or the astronomy, or the planets, or geology, whatever you want. Physics, science, chemistry. That's all tremendous chachma. But it, it's the noivlus chachma. That, that nekoda. The chachma itself has to go through like a freezing process so it can be shipped. The chachma must be frozen in order to be shipped down. Very good. In order to be exported, the chachma got to be frozen. You can't do an intercontinental trip and send off yogurt and, and, and but it's going to get spoiled on the way. Or in this way, it's going to spoil every. In our march, it's going to spoil everything else. You got to freeze it and then you ship it. <laughs> and as we're going to see, why we love snow so much. The reason we love snow. Nobody says, oh, it's raining outside, great. Some people, yeah. Some people, yeah. If you're, if you're really spiritual, yeah. But snow? Unless your mama should have to drive to Manhattan right now. Uh, <laughs> or your boss doesn't give you a day off. But for kids, snow is paradise. So it's not just because school you know, gets delayed or school gets canceled. So obviously, as we'll see, we appreciate snow so much because... What snow represents is how deeper truths become congealed in a way that they're relatable. Snow represents God's language that's accessible and is communicative. It's basically uh, love that's garbed in language and terminology that's relatable to the person. And you, you feel it. You wake up in the morning and you see the world snow. It's, it's like it's a pure world. It's a white world. It's a beautiful world. It feels like a safe world, like an innocent world. You go outside. So, yeah, you could be cynical about it and say, yeah, well, everything is white. So, you know. So you could be cynical about everything. But the truth is that there's something in Shelag precisely because it represents the tzimtzum, precisely because it represents the way the chachmas freezes and you say, and it's exported, it's the way the divine language is transported in a vocabulary that is relatable to the recipient. That's also why the chachmas neituach is so beautiful. It's yes. Like, it's not yeah. it's, 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 a, yes. it's a relatable type of chachmas. Yes, it's relatable. It, it's real, it's, it's vivid, it's physical. And every snowflake itself, by the way, has a chachmas. When they started in the 1800s to take pictures of snowflakes and they realized the unique shapes of snowflakes. So yes, uh, you know, you can get up and explain scientifically exactly why every sh- every snowflake has its shape. Uh, the, the molecules come together and the way they stick to each other, so it has to have these shapes. The fact is every snowflake has a chachma sanituach. <laughs> How it takes on a shape. Every one of them has a chachma. So it all represents this concept of the mayim, mayim is pure energy, but it's much more intense. That's why rain has a very different feeling than snow. Rain is much more raw, and snow is much more child-friendly. <laughs> that's what snow essentially is. Spiritually, that's what snow is. It's the language of spirituality, the way it relates to us. That's the essence of what shalag is, spiritually. And physically, therefore, it has the same... Impact as we will see. Okay. You can say that encryption today. Ah, encryption. You want to send the sensor to the top. Take a big file. You encrypt it. Yes. Encrypted, right? Yeah. Like you said, a zip file. When you encrypt a file, that's what you're basically doing. It's too big. 
So you send an encryption, an encryption. But then, in order to gain but then you have to uh, you have to open it. From Shelley, you got to bring it back to Mayim, which is basically you know, un- unzip the file, unzip the file. Or as you're putting it, you're, you're freezing it to export it, and then you have to let it melt in order to make use of it. Huh? Go outside, take some snow in the hand, make a snow. Yes. You make a snowball, yeah. Snowball, it sticks together. We should have brought in some snow for the shear for illustrations, yeah. In the Rocky Mountains, I took some snow. Yeah. And I pushed it together one day. It didn't stick. It was so dry. It was like sand. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Well, he doesn't say it's the lowest. He gives an example of Chachman, our world. So he gives an example, Chachma Sanituach. He says, Shei Chachma Gedoyla. But it's called Noivlis Chachma, Shalomayla. It's Noivl, it's the residue, what comes down, what falls down from the Chachma Shalomayla. No, he wants to bring out a Chachma down here that we relate to, Chachma Gashmas. It's just an example. Astronomy is also an example. Not the lowest, no, not the lowest. Not the lowest. You didn't understand the question. <laughs> okay, I'll explain to you the question, but we're not discussing the concepts. We're just I'll just explain the question as is. I just want you to understand the structure of the question. There's a few stages here. First thing, Pasha, the Mishnah. The Mishnah Masachtin Goyim says that there's basically four types of, of negoyim, four times of lep, four shades of white. Something called baheres and se'es. And each one has an accessory. It's called sapachas. The highest level of white is shelig. When a person develops a patch on the skin, it's lovon keshelig. It's as white as a white snow. Outside, you look at the white snow, real white, that's the strongest. Next is Se'es. Se'es is Tzemer Lovan. Tzemer Lovan means white wool. Yeah, It's basically a sheep is born and the wool is perfectly white. No dirt, no filth. You wash, the Rambam says, you wash the wool and it becomes, it becomes bleached white. That is the second shade of white, one grade lower than the snow. Then there's what's called the accessory to Baharis, Sid HaHechel, the plaster they used for the Hechel, for the chamber, for the sanctuary. And then there's the fourth level, which is uh, the whiteness of the egg. Leuven Krumbeitza. That's the accessory to the, the accessory to the, to the fleece. Okay. So what's the highest level? What's the strongest most intense shade of white. You say it's the most white. That's shalik snow. That's Pasha the Mishnah Masech Spiritually speaking, whiteness represents chesed. What does the pasuk say? If your sins will be like scarlet red, they'll become white. They'll be bleached. They will be whitened as snow. The highest level of whiteness, meaning the, high le- the highest level of chesed, is shelek. Got it. 
Next stage. The Pasuk says in Daniel, there's Atik Yoimen, Yosef, he's sitting. His garment is like white snow. Levushik is like chiva. The hair on his head, meaning on his skull, is kamar noke, it's like fleece. Now what did we explain? Which is a higher level of chesed? Fleece or snow? Snow. Like we see in the Negoyim, right? That white, more white, which we said is more chesed, which is more white? The snow is more white than the fleece. So when it says his garment is like white snow, and the hair of his head is like fleece, obviously the garment represents something that is whiter than the hair on the skull. This is where now we'll understand the question. Balatanya says, when it says atikyoimen, atikyoimen represents that which is completely removed from yoimen, removed from the seven midois, from the seven days of creation. That's called atik. It's completely, completely removed. That's atikyoimen. You have the seven days. Seven days are manifested in the world of Atsilas. And then you have the Atik Yoimen, which as we said, it's completely removed. And then he explains. In Atik, you have the seven lower levels of Atik, Zayin Tachtoinus, and they're manifested in what's called Arich Anpin. Arich Anpin is below Atik Yoimen. There's something called Atik Yoimen, and then under it is called Arich Anpin. Generally, it's known as Keser, the crown. Keser, on top of the brain. Sometimes it's called galgalta, the skull. Just like the skull encompasses the brain, it's like the crown which encompasses the brain. That's called arich ampen. From the brain you have chachma, bina, das, which are the three moichen. But then you have something above it that's called keser. That's the skull. In keser itself there are two concepts. There's called keser shebekeser and chachma shebekeser. Keser of Keser is the Keser element of Keser. Chachma Shebekeser is the Chachma element in Keser. Chachma Shebekeser is also known as Moichestima, the secret brain, which is the membrane in the skull. It represents the aspect of the brain the way it's still in the skull. And then you have Keser Shebekeser, which is higher than Chachma Shebekeser. So the Balatanya says, the chesed of Atik Yoimen is manifested in the skull of Arich Anpin. The gvura of Atik Yoimen is manifested in Moichestima of Arich Anpin. There's the three original components of Atik Yoimen which are completely beyond. But here we're talking about the Zayin Tachtonis of Atik Yoimen. So the chesed is manifested in the Gulgoilis, in the skull itself. And the gvura is manifested in what we call the secret brain. That's what the Balatanya said. Now, next step. The Zohar teaches us that when we say his garment is like white snow, it's talking about the Yudgimel Tikkun Dikna, the 13 aspects of the beard which grow on the cheeks and below the chin. That's what the Zohar explains. These Yudgimel Tikkun Dikna are rooted in Moichas of Arich Ampen. It's the extension of the skull, the way it comes down in the face, the cheeks all the way down, the temples all the way down to the chin and below the chin where the beard is. 
So these Yud Gimel Tikkun Edikna are rooted in Moichas Tima of Arich Ampen. Here now comes the question. Levushe, his garment, represents what we said? The 13 aspects of the beard, which are lower than the skull. The Yud Gimel Tikkun Edikna are rooted in Moichas Tima of Arich Ampen. Not the skull itself of Arich Ampen, but Now we explained before, you remember, that the chesed of Atik is manifested in the skull of Arachampen. That's called Keser Shebekeser. The gvura of Atik is manifested not in the skull itself, but in what's called Chachma Shebekeser, the Moichestima, so which is higher. The Levush of the Yedgimel Tikkuni Dikna, which is rooted in the Moichestima of Arachampen, or the hair on the head, which is the skull itself, the hair is on the skull, which is the skull of Arachampen, which is rooted in the chesed of Atik and not in the gvur of Atik That represents keser of keser, not chachma of keser. Obviously, the hair of the head is then much higher than the garment, which is the Yudgimel Tikkun And furthermore, it's not just higher, it's a completely different quality. The hair on the head, on the skull, represents chesed of Atik the beard represents Gvura of Atik Yaiman, which is If so, we have here an issue. Because the Pasik tells us that the garment, which is Yidgimil Tikunidikna, is like white snow. And the skull, the hair on the head, is like fleece. Which one did we say was whiter? Fleece or snow? Obviously snow. So this is very strange. Because the hair on the head of the skull is so much deeper and higher than the hairs of the beard. The hair on the head represents what comes out of the skull. In other words, what comes out of Keser Shebe Keser, what grows out from the skull itself. The hair on the beard is what comes from what we call Chachma, Stima, which is Gvura Vatik So does it make sense then that the Levush of the Tikna is the snow and the hair on the skull is the... Is the, is, the, is the white wool. It's exactly the other way around. The bigger chesed, the deeper chesed of Atik Yoyman comes out in the hair of the skull, Sa'areshe. A, a lower level, the gvur of Atik Yoyman comes out in the lavush. So if that's the case, he should have said, Levushe is kamarnaka and Sa'areshe kislag chiver. In other words, the metaphor of white snow should have applied to that which comes out of the skull, which is the chesed of Atik Yoyman. Nonetheless, what does the Pasuk tell us? That the hair on the head, which comes from the skull, that's like white. Wool, which is lower, which is inferior to the whiteness of the snow. This is the question that Al-Tareb is raising here, and he's going to get back to it much later in the Maimur. Again, we're not discussing the concepts, the meaning of it. <laughs> And the connection to the different parts of the body, just push it the structure, the the, the what would call the mathematics of what he's saying, push it the, the, the pieces of the puzzle, just to give it a little havana. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see later. More Hesper Bezer Hashem. This class is brought to you by the Yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.